from a fruit market in Tel Aviv to a fish seller in Taipei. The people of our world are working hard to make a living. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us on Radio Town International. I'm Shirley Lin, bringing you 50 minutes of English language features. Up ahead, we, in today's program, we have Emma Benex Behind the Beats. That's a music program. It's awesome. You've got to stay on for that. But oh, yeah. first, right. But first, we're going to begin with Here in Taiwan. Today is November 23rd if you're joining us live on Facebook. Otherwise, it would be November 24th if you're joining us short on shortwave on radio. You're listening to Here in Taiwan at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm joined in the studio by Emma Benek. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be looking at uh, a couple of interesting stories here. One about this ramen place that's uh, really sparking a craze in central Taiwan. And then, uh, this is kind of gross, but I guess we're just going to cover it because I don't know why this is happening. But uh, apparently, there's been a hiker bitten by Thai spitting cobra. These cobras are from Thailand. Okay, all the stories coming right up. Just a moment. We're going to go right ahead and start with the story about this ramen place. I want to learn about this, but it's in central Thailand. It's not in Taipei. That's too bad. Anyway, so what's with this uh, ramen place? I mean, we've got lots of these ramen noodle places in Taipei, but what's the big deal about this particular one? So this is actually a very popular chain that I believe is from Japan, uh, which is Ichiran Ramen. And this oh. is going to be the 87th store established by the company. And uh, yeah, people have actually started queuing up for this new rush, like the new branch of it that's going to be opened in Taichung. I think it's actually opening today, but people started lining up two days ago because there are special benefits if you manage to be one of the first people to get in line. So that includes if you are, I guess, within the first three customers, which seems very difficult to be. I know. Um, Only you, first three. That's being really stingy here. <laughs> yeah, you get a special uh, ramen bowl that's made out of porcelain. You mean they get to take it home? Yeah, you get to you get to keep it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I have to look at this bowl <laughs> to decide. Yeah, I feel like it must be pretty special. <laughs> okay. um, and then uh, if you are within the first 1,500 customers, they're a little less stingy here, okay. uh, then you'll get some sort of limited edition commemorative gift. And they haven't quite released what that is. Like, it's going to be a surprise. It's <laughs> mysterious here. Uh -huh. Are you a big ramen fan? Um, It's okay. It depends on the kind of noodle it is. You know, uh, I'm very picky about the kind of noodle. I'm not. I'm more a rice eater than a noodle eater. But if it's if if I have to have noodles, it's just uh, I don't know. I need. I like the thinner ones, not the the wide noodles. And then it, I, I it, it matters a lot about the texture of the noodle itself. I'm so picky. 
I'm a real picky eater here. <laughs> so if it's right, the right texture, you know, the the right kind of soup where it's not too salty and not too greasy, and the right ingredients. I don't like scallions, and then I love corn. You know how Japanese noodles they usually come with a lot of corn, and then but scallions, uh, I would pick them out and give them to my husband. But oh, and then the I meat. Oh, I love scallions. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, okay. Next time when I go eat, I, yeah, I know put them to, aside for right? me, please. Okay. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I love, um, I, I prefer cilantro over scallions. That's mm-hmm. me. But anyway, so I don't know how cilantro would taste with Japanese ramen. I suppose it should go together. I don't know. But sometimes they come with like pieces of meat. Now, you're not a meat eater. So what kind of new, um, ramen do you usually order then? Um, fish? I don't get oh, ramen don't that fish? often, to oh, be okay. honest. Because uh, <laughs> they usually do make it with meat broth. You know, if it's a really good ramen, oh, I'll make yeah. an exception probably. Uh, I just won't yeah. eat actual meat in it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But um, yeah, there's actually a vegan ramen restaurant in Tainan that I really like. And oh, it, but that's in Tainan. Yeah. Uh-huh. So You're far from it. Yeah, okay. it's okay. I feel like ramen also isn't something that I want to eat every single day. That would be <laughs> a little bit of an overload for me. I know there's plenty of people who would be all about that, but yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I know. You know, well, you know that I spent some time in Japan, in Tokyo. I was there for seven and a half years. Um, I, I went to junior high and high school there. And, you know, they have these popular ramen places where you stand. There's like a counter and you actually you stand as you eat the ramen and there'll be a line outside. People would finish and then and it's the next person walk in there and order and there's a stand as they eat the noodles. So maybe that's it. There's, there's a reason for that. Standing and eating ramen is that you don't eat more than you need because you'll be filling up mm-hmm. when you stand up. You know how you just, yeah, you gobble, I hate, gobble. You I get, hate eating standing up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's never quite as satisfying. Like sometimes... Uh, I guess you have no choice if you're on the go, but yeah, I would always love to be able to uh, just sit down. I get, like, especially if it's something like ramen. I feel like ramen is one of the most difficult things for me to eat with chopsticks. Oh, oh, chopsticks! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. mean, it anything that's like liquid and solid, I just chopsticks. I feel like in general, I'm okay with them, but haven't quite got the ramen bit. Um, yeah, oh, I think it's really unstable. Sorry. Yeah, it just went off and on now. I think it's just because uh, I can't connect to the Ethernet um, oh, no. cable. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're just going to continue. Sorry. Um, anyway, now, do you think there's an Ichiran ramen shop in Taipei? There is, right? There, there's yeah, a- there's already one oh, in okay, Taipei. Okay. I think this is the third one that's opening in Taiwan in general. Right. Yeah. But this particular one that you're talking about is in central Taiwan. It's a new yeah, store, right? Yeah, this one's going to be okay. in Taichung. Exactly. All right. All right. Anything else that we need to know about this ramen place? I mean, it's extremely popular, so I don't know exactly uh, when you have to start lining up for this sort of thing. But I think I have a friend that's been to it in Taipei and yeah. said that you can like get to pick a number for it. And then you can walk around and it'll send you a text when it's ready. So I feel like I really what? like that kind oh, of really? restaurant because <laughs> not like when your food is ready, like when it's ready yeah, for yeah, you yeah. to go in. Right, right. And I think that's nice because, you know, you can walk around Taipei. There's so much to be able to do that it doesn't really feel like you're waiting super long because yeah, you're yeah. doing other things in the meantime. The only yeah. exception would be, I feel like if you're super starving and hungry I at know. that time, then every <laughs> minute feels like an hour. I know. Isn't that so? All right, so a new ramen place. If you love ramen and if you visit Taiwan, make sure you check it out. You know, we've got a whole assortment of cuisine. Like, we've got the UN. There's, you know, Japanese restaurants. There's Korean. There's, oh gosh, you name it. So it's always great. I mean, eating is always great coming to Taiwan. That's for sure. 
All right, Emma. I see that uh, your 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 laptop is like running low on battery, so I'm gonna go through your stories first. <laughs> But do you have some comments first, though? Any um, comments? it's like really unstable internet yeah, here. Yeah. So all right. Really sorry updating. about that. Okay, so let's go to this one about. Uh, I guess we should go to this one about the cobra. I want to know you what's really happening. You really did not want to talk about I, this I, story. I know. <laughs> I, I just hate snakes. I, I just absolutely hate snakes. And to think that there are cobras on this island, no. And besides, they were brought in. They weren't endemic. They're not endemic to Taiwan, right? Uh, oh. Yeah, they're from Thailand, actually. Oh. So uh, yeah. we used to be safe from them, but now they're back. Oh, no. Yeah. I well, mean, they're not anywhere I mean, not close. back. They were never here to begin with until, <laughs> like, now they've sort of become an invasive species in Taiwan. Oh, that's terrible. Um, they're not anywhere close to Taipei City, is it? Uh, this particular case was in Taichung, so the same place as the ramen restaurant. So oh. Taichung has new ramen <laughs> shops and also new poisonous snake. snakes from <laughs> Thailand. So, uh, uh, what's what's happening? Why are they here? Yeah, this uh, guy was just on a hike and he got bitten by this venomous snake, which is oh. a Thai spitting cobra. Um, I don't know if that means that. Uh, It can spit its venom at you. I'm not quite sure what the spitting means, oh, yeah. but uh, yeah. So it was the toxicity of this venom apparently is six times more toxic than any sort of indigenous venomous snake in Taiwan. So this is normally not the kind of snake that we should be up against when oh, we're trying to go hiking yeah. here. And it was Emma, so bad. you're not looking at me, but I'm making faces all along as you, as you <laughs> talk about this. Never mind. Go on. Go on. Yeah, I mean, I I actually really wanted to get a snake as a pet um, when I was younger. You're one of those. You know, I we used to have an ex colleague, Gino Wong. If you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. He, I think he kept a snake before. If not, one time he actually interviewed someone who brought a snake, snake. In into the film studio, really? and and Gina was wearing a suit, and he interviewed this guy while he had the snake around his neck, and he just loved it. I was like, <sighs> I think it can be very relaxing to have a snake in your hand, just Ooh. watching it kind of slither around. I mean, okay. there are obviously snakes that are not so nice, as our poor friend in Taichung ran into. Oh. Uh, he's alive, but uh, he has already had several surgeries um, that's awful yeah it's crazy that venom can really act that quickly i mean i guess you know you think oh like we're in 2021 modern medicine a snake bite <laughs> should probably be okay but no like if it's oh, no. especially toxic and then considering the fact that if you get bitten by one of these snakes you're probably not just you know walking down some main street next to a hospital you're probably in the middle of nowhere on a hiking trail so you have to also account for the amount of time it takes for you to get to the proper authorities and i'm pretty sure with these sort of uh snake bite antidotes it's not like once one size fits all or whatever yeah like, i know it really not, depends on and i don't snake. suppose every hospital has um this you know what do you call them the um the, 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 the antidote yeah the antidote Yeah, yeah, right. And, uh, and I, you also have to know what snake bit you. And you ha- most people to... like they don't know what snake bit them. I, uh, I remember someone saying like, "What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to like after you get bit by the snake, then go catch it and bring it to the hospital so you can show them and they can identify it?" So. You're supposed to really look at it and remember its you know the characteristics of the snake, or take a picture of it if mm-hmm. you could. But um, but you know, Emma, I I don't think it matters whether it's 2021 because maybe because you know things. They kind of transform. They mutate. Mm-hmm. That's it. This could it be a mutant snake? So the venom, <laughs> venom is like way worse than any kind of snake ever existed, probably. 
I'm just guessing. Like, yeah, uh, like I, don't know. I know. Maybe, maybe the people in Thailand, though, maybe their genes have also adapted oh. to it, so they're uh, able to be more resistant to it. I don't know, but oh, uh, gosh, that's terrible. yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It is terrible, and I obviously hope that this man um, is okay after all of this. Yeah. But um, so, why are we getting these snakes? In you know, it's Taiwan? these snakes are not coming here on their own. This is entirely an avoidable issue. Um, People How should so? not be bringing invasive species oh, okay. into non-native countries. I mean, right. uh, apparently it's some, uh, they don't know about this specific snake in particular, but there have been reports of some groups of Buddhists who believe that if they release these sort of snakes into the wild, that it will bring them good karma. And that if you no. recite some sort of prayer that the snakes will actually not attack humans. But uh-huh. uh, I guess it didn't work. Yeah, but that's crazy, you know. I mean, how do you know, like, after praying and everything, that you're not going to be bitten by the snake or think that, I mean, it can still happen. I mean, you can't take chances like that and make people believe that. Did your laptop just go out of battery? That's okay. Oh, really? Okay. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, so uh, I wouldn't want to get anywhere close. To, gosh, am I going to stay away from Central Taiwan for a period of time now but, because but of the all the ramen, cobras? Put the ramen. No, 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 no. <laughs> they have the ramen here too, unless they have new flavors they don't offer in Taipei. But otherwise, a uh, good thing I'm not really a real ramen craze. But, um, you know, anyway, so that that is scary. Um, I would hate, you know, I actually interviewed someone who was bitten by a snake before. And he actually was is from South Africa. He is a pretty um, famous photographer here in Taiwan. He's been mm-hmm. around for 20, 30 years maybe. And um, he's, also, he's also a documentary uh, filmmaker. And he, once he was like, he was taking a, a shot of something and he was stepping backwards. Mm-hmm. And of course you don't look behind you when you're like and then yeah he got bitten right around the ankle uh. good thing that he saw the snake and he remembered the characteristics so then he was sent to the hospital he described the snake and he was fine but i think he did describe it to me i think he got all swollen and everything or something but he was fine that's terrible i wouldn't want that to happen to me um and you, you think know. like these snakes prey, it's usually not a human. So if it reacts that way on a human, imagine, you know, they're, they're normally catching mice. I feel like the mice must die instantly. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway. Now Sorry I to bring like, up a, a topic. I know. That. Now it's like uh, maybe I shouldn't even like go hiking in Taipei mountains and hiking trails for a while. You know, I've got, I've got this paranoia now. <laughs> but um, we do have a lot of hiking trails around Taipei and they're great. But no snakes, please. No. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll go to my story here that I've been wanting to talk about. Um, Apparently, there's this program, a TV series called Taiwan Bravo. It's a woman, Ijaren. Oh, wait a minute. Does Andrew Ryan host this show? I'm just trying to think. I know he hosts something similar. Mm-hmm. You know, at one of the TV stations here in town. But anyway, so it's um it's actually a ho- uh, organized by the Ministry of the Interiors, oh, oh the Immigration Office, the Immigration Agency, and it's uh, they t- the program travels to 368 towns and villages all over Taiwan, and including the outlying islands like Penghu and Mazu. and um they record experiences of new immigrants in Taiwan, and the program actually will be broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. And um, so 
they, it introduced like three or four uh, new immigrants here in the story here. And uh, one is um, you know, on the island of Penghu. Have you ever been? I really want to go. You have to go. <laughs> Well, if you love seafood and、mm-hmm. um, they're so cheap, they're so fresh,、oh, and they're just、amazing. yummy. I want some sashimi. Yeah, I, I went there during the summer, and the sun was just really hot and just burning. You know, well, okay. Here's the thing: we, dec- my husband and I went, and then we decided to、um, rent a、um, a scooter, and we were like scootering out to the beach, and and the sun was like so hot, it was like burning my my laps, you know, but. I felt great, you know. I like tans, you know.、Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those Taiwanese women who's trying to stay away from the sun. I'm <laughs> not that, and、um, and it was just wonderful. And I know that our friends brought us to this seafood restaurant、uh, one night. The next night, my husband and I were just craving for the same food. So we didn't know where it was, but just from you know, like memory. We actually found the restaurant again, and we ate again. It was Ooh, just like awesome.、Nice. Yeah, it was just really great. But、um, so they have a lot of fish, of course, because it's an island, and they're great for their、um, seafood. Now, this island attracted a French master chef called Julian、um, to the place. Now,、mm-hmm. Julian's father was a fisherman, and so he has a lot of understanding about different kind of fish. So he really knows how to cook fish. Is this guy from France? Yes,、mm-hmm. did I say that? Yeah, French master chef.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he now works with a local bed and breakfast in Penghu, and、um, providing reservation only cuisine using locally sourced seafood and used and and made the French cooking way. Oh, that sounds oh. amazing! Oh, sounds great. Now, actually, you know, the meals can be in in the brasserie, you know, in the restaurant, or they brought to your room,、um, bed and breakfast. How nice! And, yeah, and I haven't had breakfast in bed in forever. <laughs> I know. So already the restaurant has made a name for itself through the word through word of mouth.、Mm-hmm. Then there's another um, um, another environment. Well, this is an environmentally friendly lifestyle store called Unpackaged, and it's open in Taizong's North District. Okay, so this is in Taizong. The owner of the store is a Polish woman. I asked.、Um, You know our Polish colleague, if he knows her, but、uh, no, he he knows a different Paulina. This、mm-hmm. is Paulina, who originally came to Taiwan to study and eventually married a Taiwanese man. And the store actually has been one to protect the environment, which led her and her husband to open the store, encouraging customers to provide their own packaging. You bring your own packaging. You bring your own shopping bag, and you bring your own container, and so that you don't waste packaging or buy more than you need. My daughter is that the nurse daughter.、Mm-hmm. She goes to this place in Sanchong、mm-hmm. every now and then. You know when she runs down on rice, and、mm-hmm. she, that's where she goes, and she brings her own container and bags and everything. It sounds really nice. I mean, I feel like、uh, I've noticed that. I don't know, especially in Taiwan. I don't know if it's for hygiene reasons, but a lot of things that I think are unnecessary to be wrapped are wrapped up. Like、mm, there's apples in plastic bags, bananas in plastic bags, like. Why? Why can't we just grab them as they are? Why do they have to be individually wrapped? And、uh, or even just within like a box of cookies, like each cookie is yeah, individually wrapped. Right. You、yeah. know, which might be nice to like prevent you from eating a whole sleeve of cookies really quickly, which、right. I've definitely done before anyway. But and you know, if you have to open each one, it definitely slows you down.、Oh. But、uh, <laughs> no, it's way、it、too much packaging. So much waste. You know. Yeah. You know, there are some Japanese snacks I do like, and they do. You know, have it here in Taiwan, but I would always watch for the packaging because they they really package them every single one individually, even like those rice crackers. 
And I would avoid those. Sorry as much as I love rice crackers and Japanese crackers and things like that. But, you know, if there's too much packaging, I'm sorry. I know Japanese people are very into sanitation and everything and mm-hmm. cleanliness and all that. But, yeah, that's really a lot of waste. But anyway, so that's them. And then uh, there's another immigrant from Malaysia, Li Pencho, who grew up in the mountains in northern Myanmar. And... She, I think, yeah, she never set eyes on a live crab until she left home and started working in a seafood co- uh, company, or seafood company as an accountant and met her husband who works as a crab supplier. Mm. Now, Lee went from not knowing anything about crabs to being able to prepare meals using crabs on her own to becoming a master chef herself now, developing her own recipe for Southeast Asian curried crab. Have you ever been to Singapore? They're famous no, for the curry crab. I would crab. love to. You're listing all these places <laughs> I really want to go. <laughs> I know. They're, yeah, they're, they can be really, really spicy and everything. But so, um, you know, anyway, so it's talking about all these new immigrants that have come to take up a new life in Taiwan and who have not been able to return home for the past two years because of COVID. And, um, you know, so that they're making a new life here in Taiwan and they're loving it here. And actually contributing a lot to Taiwan too for that matter. Um, there also is one other person from Vietnam, Pan Chou Ching. She set up a new immigrants association that brings together other women in her situation to share meals. Oh wow. You know, and so um they kind of help each other and um they make ends meet by applying her talents to other lines of work such as massage, mm-hmm. manicure and mending clothes. We, yeah, we, I, I see a lot of manicure places that are actually Vietnamese-owned places. Yeah, it's, it's nice. similar to that in the U.S. as yeah. well. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 you're right. And also these pho restaurants, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I know. It's like, a, it's a kind of noodle made from rice, isn't it? Yeah, rice yeah. noodles. Rice noodles, so pho. <laughs> You know, it went, went, the last time when we we're back in the States, we didn't know how to say that word. It looks we like it's you pronounce foe, foe, yeah. <laughs> and, until they were told to, to correct it us. Foe is your foe, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, yeah, well, that's all we've got for you. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, definitely join us again for interesting, you know, soft news uh, stories around Taiwan. It's always fun to talk about these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can really chat. But anyway, so thank you so much. Um, thanks for joining us. This is Here in Taiwan. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Emma Banak. Okay, stay tuned, though, for Emma's uh, music program, Behind the Beats. Yeah, check it out. All right.
Hi, I'm Leslie Liao. Do you love Radio Taiwan International's English content and wish it would never end? Well, who said it has to? The fun doesn't have to stop here. Check out our website, or our Facebook, or our YouTube, or our Twitter. Go to en.rti.org.tw for the latest Taiwan news stories. Check out Radio Taiwan International on Facebook to see great pictures of Taiwan. Go to youtube.com slash RTI English to view some of our great features. And when you're done, tell us what you think on Twitter. Our handle is Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. What are you waiting for? I'm here waiting for your message. Hello, hello. You are listening to Radio Taiwan International. I'm Emma Banak, and this is one of our new shows, Behind the Beats. On this show, I pick a different Taiwanese artist or band every week and talk about the kind of music that they've been coming out with throughout their career. This week, I'm going to be talking about the band No Party for Cao Dong or Cao Dong Mei Pai Dui, which sounds like kind of a strange name for a band, but I'll give you the background on that in a little bit. So this is a band made up of four members. We have Wood Lin on the vocals, Chu Chu on the guitar, Sam Yang playing bass, and Fan Fan on the drums. And they've been friends throughout high school and university. And when they founded this band, they were practicing on Dong Street in Shilin District in Taipei, which is actually not that far away from the radio station. So that's pretty cool. So No Party for Cao Dong really arrived at the music scene in 2015 when they released an EP which sold out in a single day. And then just a year later in 2016, they released their first studio album called The Serval. Now just a quick note on the meaning of the title of the album, The Serval. It means having or showing an excessive willingness to serve or please others. Um, and this kind of ties into a lot of themes that we're going to see in this album. So when The Serval came out, it blew up in Taiwan. It was super popular. In 2016, it won the seventh Golden Indie Music Awards for not only Best Band, but also Best Newcomer and Best Rock Single. So they came home with all three of those awards. And then they basically came home with the exact same three awards in 2017 at the 28th Golden Melody Awards, which are basically like the Grammys in Taiwan. Something that I think is really cool about no Party for Cao Dong. A lot of their lyrics are actually very simple, but these lyrics are deceptively simple because there's actually a lot of deeper meaning to them that might take more than a single listen to figure out. So I'm going to try to explain that a little bit for people who are listening. And the first song I'm going to do that with is Simon Says. And just a quick note of this name, Simon Says. The actual name in Chinese refers to a different game, but it's pretty much the Taiwanese equivalent of a game where the person who is Simon in this game basically tells everyone else what they have to be doing, and the only way you stay in the game is if you continue to listen to whatever that person says. So take a listen to Simon Says.
Okay, so that was Simon Says. Now, like I was saying before, I played the song. The actual name of this song in Chinese is Da Feng Chui, which literally means a big wind blows. And this is the name of a childhood game in Taiwan that's very similar to Simon Says, where you have to do whatever the person who is Simon or the leader says. Uh, the lyrics talk about children when they're crying for a new toy and begging their mom to buy it because they want to show it off at school and make friends that way. But by the time they bring it to the school, everyone else laughs at them and says that this toy isn't popular anymore um, and makes fun of them for still having something that now seems outdated. And No Party for Taodong makes a couple of statements through this song by saying that it relates to the type of bullying that goes on in schools 
but also draws a connection in a way to how this sort of bullying actually really does extend beyond school. It extends into families and into the workplace. Just this idea of popularity and keeping up with the trends as something that we should all be continuously chasing after, despite the fact that what might be considered popular in mainstream areas is constantly changing. So you can never really grasp a hold of it. And people are often ridiculed for getting left behind in something that is really just what one group of people judges to be popular. So the trends, they go back and forth almost seemingly without any sort of logic, just based on what certain groups of people are telling society, this is what they should be wearing, this is what they should be buying, this is what they should be trying to be like. And people hold themselves up to this standard and are frequently judged both by themselves and by others for not necessarily fitting to it. So I thought it was pretty interesting how Cao Dong relates this childhood game to issues that we have in society with adults as we grow up. The next song that I'm going to play is called Wayfarer, or the Chinese name is Shanghai. And this song also kind of references younger versions of ourselves and how it relates to who we are in the present day. So take a listen.
Okay, so you were just listening to the song Wayfarer by No Party for Cao Dong. And this song talks about what it's like looking back at your past innocent self and thinking about the reason why you're here and the way that you are today. So Cao Dong says that your younger self wants to ask the present day you why you turned out this way, but it feels like you're unable to answer this question. You don't know how you ended up in this place. You don't know how you got from point A to point B. And so the younger version of yourself walks towards the ocean. So I don't know if the younger self walking off into the ocean is kind of a sign of despair or going out to look for that version of themselves on their own. But I think it speaks to longing for a better future. Both the younger, past, innocent version of yourself and the way that you are today are always looking to have something better ahead of you. But how this will actually turn out is something that no one really has the answer to. Now the name of the third song that I'm going to play is Lani, which just means mud or slush. And yeah, so I'll give it to you to listen and then I'll talk a little bit more about what this mud is referring to. Young 
Okay, so that was the song Lanni, which like I said means mud. And I'll first talk about exactly what the lyrics are saying and then we can go into what that might mean in a more metaphorical sense. So the lyrics mention how somehow a beautiful heart has turned to mud, how something that is innocent and pure becomes cynical. And this pressure that people feel thinking that everything they want to do everything that they want to say has already been done and said before. There's another line that really stands out to me um, saying that there are so many clean canvases that have been filled with tragedies, which honestly the tone of this song is pretty depressing, but but I think it executes clearly the message that Cao Dong is trying to say about Taiwanese society, how everybody is faced with so many pressures from their environment and even though we'd like to believe that we are free to do as we want, to be who we want to be, there really are all of these restrictions around us that influence us and make it hard to escape from the confines of what is expected and deemed acceptable. It seems as if most people are looking for a way to escape from these harsh realities these things that keep them trapped or feel locked down under all of this pressure. But I think most people are kind of stuck in that there's not really a way to extract yourself from these pressures that are a part of society, whether that's in school or your job or your relationships. They're so ingrained in public life that I don't know how you could remove yourself from it entirely. I think another one of these pressures has to do with our appearance and how people perceive us. And that relates to the last song that I'm going to play, which is called Cho, and that means ugly in Chinese.
Okay, so that was our last song, which was Cho by No Party for Cao Dong. And like I said, Cho means ugly. And this song, it's very short. The lyrics, like I said, typical Cao Dong style, they're pretty simple. But they pack a lot of deep emotions into those few lines. It talks about how this person has tried to hold this girl's hand, but it seems like it didn't work out between the two of them. He's still lonely and he didn't realize how ugly he must seem to her and about the pain that he feels inside from this because not being able to be with this girl to him is a representation of him not being handsome enough or strong enough to be with her which in general we shouldn't let other people's opinions define how we feel about our physical appearance but it's definitely common with all of the advertising and photoshop and just what we see on social media, it's hard not to compare yourselves to these seemingly impossible standards. So that was our last song for No Party for Cao Dong. I'm really hoping that one day I'll get to see them live in concert. They've performed both in Taiwan and in the U.S., so somehow, somewhere, I hope I get that chance. Unfortunately, they've had to put off their tour dates due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but I'm hoping sooner or later they will be back on the road. You've been listening to Radio Taiwan International, and this is the show Behind the Beats. I'm Emma Banak. Tune in again with me next week to learn more about the Taiwan music scene. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.